I am Dr. John Nelson. I'm the owner and CEO of Healthcare Environment, a data and survey management company. My areas of expertise and research are job satisfaction, caring science, and predictive analytics. And I am here today with my colleague Dominika from University of Maribor in Slovenia, and I will let her introduce herself. I'm Dominika Vrbnjak, and I'm uh, working as an assistant professor at University of Maribor, Slovenia, at Faculty of Health Sciences. My background is nursing. I was also working as a re registered nurse at General Hospital Ptui for several years. And currently, uh, I'm researching uh, patient safety and also caring science. And this is how I've also met John. Well, my PhD topic was uh, researching caring in relation to me medication administration errors in hospitals in Slovenia. And I was uh, aimed to determine what are the relationships between caring culture and medication administration error reportings. And I used several questionnaires that uh, John has developed, and this is how we've contacted each other. Well, I have contacted him, and this is how we actually started uh, to collaborate uh, by first using his questionnaire, and then we have also published one article. And this has evolved later in more tight uh, collaboration. When I was first contacted by Nika, she specifically was asking about three caring relationships, specifically caring of the manager as perceived by the staff, caring for the patient as perceived by the staff, and caring of the coworker as perceived by the staff. I found Nika's methods to be very rigorous. She had a good large sample and um, the psychometric testing of it was um, turned out very good. So it was very exciting for me to uh, work with Nika in um, three different uh, organizations eventually within Slovenia. And then that carried us into some international collaborations as well. But it was nice to see that the instruments that I had developed uh, many years ago with Dr. Watson um, Dr. Jean Watson uh, had turned out to be so reliable and valid within Slovenia. So what was interesting to found in Slovenia was that uh, nurses expressed uh, quite good satisfaction with nurse job satisfaction. And well, John, can you please uh, explain the results a little bit? Oh, better sure. No, I can. I can. I can. Yeah, I, I, can I think I, it's going to be better. Sure. Sure. No, I'll give some background. in English. Yeah. Yeah. So after uh, after Nika did the initial study within her PhD, we um, pursued deeper research at an international level. We gathered. Um, colleagues from eight different countries, including Slovenia and the USA. And all of these are written out in our book, Using Predictive Analytics to Improve Healthcare Outcomes. That's published in 2021 by Wiley Publishing. But the eight countries all wanted to look at what was the relationship of caring of manager, caring for self, clarity of role and system and how that related with job satisfaction. So there were two phases of the study. Uh, 
the first phase of the study was to reduce the items of the instruments and we reduced them from 107 to I think it was 49 total, but we reduced the number of items dramatically and we utilized reliability testing, validity testing, and we did invariance testing to make sure we didn't have any redundant questions or concepts within that model. And we found that the all of those constructs not only fit together, but they all were reliable, valid, and um, there was no difference between country to country in the very invariance testing. So we found that these constructs were important in all eight countries. And we had a total sample of 2,046 nurses that responded to every item within those questionnaires. So that was the first phase. The second phase was we compared the scores of all of those uh, job satisfaction, caring for self, et cetera. And that was very interesting, especially when we looked at job satisfaction, uh, comparing the different countries. In Slovenia, the practice and also education is by today mainly uh, influenced by biomedical model. However, uh, nursing theories were implemented uh, several several years uh, at faculties, and this helped nurses to see uh, nursing a little bit differently. That also these uh, interpersonal relationships between them and the patients are very important, and this was uh, also seen in my PhD research that. Uh, nurses believe that caring for a patient can improve their satisfaction and also uh, nurses satisfaction with the care and not only with that but also uh, to improve patient safety so uh, as they are being taught uh, for several years about caring and also uh, especially the emphasis is uh, at watson's caring theory not only at diploma degree but also at postgraduate degree is that they believe that this is their, uh, how would I say, uh, main role, being uh, a caring person. Uh, this is something that can be taught, but it's mainly like uh, inward triad. So something that you are born with. But in order that you learn to be caring person, you also have to have caring environment. Uh, all around person, people working with you has to be also caring persons, co-workers, managers, everyone, so that uh, this environment creates this uh, mutual uh, relationships that then can help uh, improve caring for patients. So this is something that the nurses view today as uh, really important. And we are slowly, very slowly uh, moving from this biomedical uh, oriented practice. We have started in, in education, but we will probably slowly uh, change also the practice. And there is, a, for those that are listening to this recording, uh, I should state that if you're not familiar with the caring sciences, um, according to the theories proposed in caring sciences, that even though you may be, as Nika had stated, born with 
uh, a disposition to be caring, it is important that you learn how to use the concepts of caring intentionally within therapeutic relationships. So if, for example, Dr. Watson's theory of caritas, there are 10 processes that she proposes are important for making someone feel cared for. And if they feel cared for, they will feel safe and healing can occur. So for example, if the patient, it has been identified that some aspect of spirituality or some religious practice is important to them within their healing, then it is the nurse's responsibility to intentionally care and facilitate that spiritual practice. So it's not just a hand-holding, it is acting upon concepts of caring. Or if the environment um, does not feel caring to the patient and they need some elements from home, maybe a Afghan or some sort of a blanket from home that makes them feel comfortable, then the nurse would be intentional and ask the family to bring that uh, Afghan or blanket in to make the uh, patient feel more cared for. So it's those kinds of intention, whether you're a manager caring for your staff, you're a coworker caring for your coworkers, that you are aware of the concepts of caring and that you enact them so others around you feel cared for. But it is very true what Nika states, that if you have a work environment that does not have the social and technical elements to allow you to enact those caring behaviors, this can be very frustrating for the staff. So that's why we studied both the concepts of caring as reported by the staff, but we also wanted to know, does that relate to their work environment? And we did find that there was a definite connection between caring, clarity, and job satisfaction that they are not isolated um, thoughts or ideas, but they actually need each other. The thought that caring is for nurses only is uh, actually a misnomer or is not true. Uh, anyone can create a caring moment. And that's why it's important that these concepts are taught to all disciplines even though caring is the uh, center part of nursing, uh, it is a caring profession. Healthcare is a caring environment. So everybody needs to uh, be conscious of these concepts. And so, for example, in frameworks of care like relationship-based care or the uh, caring behaviors assurance system, different frameworks teach that caring concepts and caring theories are relevant to everyone. For example, if all the nurses are as caring as can be and the doctors have taken these classes and learned about the Caritas processes or some caring theory that they are going to enact within operations, let's say that you leave the dietary people out, those who bring the food, drop off the food, prepare the food. Let's say that they have not learned those uh, concepts as it relates to caring for the patient and the dietary aid comes in and drops the tray down in a abrupt manner that startles the patient. Well, that isn't caring. And when the patient leaves the hospital, 
they can have experienced all the caring from every nurse and every physician, but what they will remember was that dietary assistant who was abrupt and was not conscious of uh, caring behaviors and intentions. So it's important that everyone that is involved in the caring process be aware that everyone can create a caring moment. And it's been my experience in working with dietary and laundry and people uh, that aren't typically associated with enacting care for the patient, they tell many, many stories of when they have had opportunity to show care and caring behaviors to patients. So it's important that everyone in the healthcare organization learn these caring behaviors so that every encounter the patient has is caring. Well, in our country, uh, the caring is mainly still focused on nurses because uh, other professionals like medicine and physicians are quite uh, biomedically oriented. So it's a, a long journey also here to, to learn about this and to promote caring, not only in nursing professionals, but to expand it. Um, if you look at, for example, Dr. Watson's 10 caring Caritas processes, and I, I mentioned her theory the most because I've done the most work with that, but there are other caring theories. But I, I like hers because it's so practical. So if, for example, you have a patient who has difficult learning with text, um, you would maybe use pictures or you would use a demonstration. And that's one of the caring processes within Gene Watson's 10 Caritas processes is to teach the patient in a way that they can understand. So that doesn't require being touchy-feely. It's being aware of what are the acts, again, as I've stated before, what are the acts and behaviors of caring that make the patient feel safe and cared for. So teaching in a way that they can understand, making an environment that is set up for them, making sure that they are able to practice their religious um, acts or um, traditions. So all of those things don't require emotion. It just requires an understanding of how to enact caring so they feel cared for. So uh, caring can be viewed uh, from expression or technical uh, dimension. This was uh, also determined uh, in, uh, in our country because uh, nurses don't see caring only as expressive and uh, ensuring these uh, psychosocial needs, but also in physical dimension, technical dimensions. And this is especially true for countries where they had a long history of this uh, biomedical model in practice. We have done research uh, and determined uh, perceptions of caring, not only uh, what the caring means for nurses, but also for nursing students in Slovenia and in Russian Federation and in Croatia, and have found that uh, all of these countries that are more biomedically oriented, they uh, the nurses and the nursing assist the nursing students perceive caring more as a technical dimension, and not uh, as expressive dimension. Mm -hmm. So, 
this is one of the the influence that can uh, be seen from this result. So I do find, as Nika has stated, that uh, context does make a difference from country to country. For example, when I did some um, teaching about caring science in uh, Germany, and we actually developed models specified for the context of Germany, the one thing that was important for them was to um, be true to your word. So if you say something and then you don't do it, they do not feel cared for. So it was, it's interesting that there's different concepts or ideas in culture that are very important that relates to caring. Now, in Western Scotland, who was part of this study, I should say that Watson's theory was not a good fit, and neither was Swanson's theory. We actually used a government document from the National Health Service that reviewed what they felt caring was. So we used that document and created a new instrument to measure caring, and we found that that was both valid and reliable. So uh, even though I found Watson has worked in every country thus far, uh, I did find in Scotland, Western Scotland, it did not work. So it is important that when you do measure caring that you are measuring the theory or intentions that are consistent with that culture. At our faculty, uh, nursing students first get familiar with nursing theories in their first year. So this is uh, at first little bit of um, difficult content because they are learning about what is theory, what is concept, and they are not linking that with the practice. But as soon as they start to work at practice, they see that, especially like Watson's caring theory, is something that can easily be performed. Uh, it makes a difference to a patient if you just come to the room and do something, not ask how do you feel and be this like caring person. And uh, patients feel uh, differently when nurse, nursing, nurses and nursing students are caring. Uh, if they uh, feel like, like a touch, this therapeutic, therapeutic touch or some kind of small conversation, it makes a difference. And soon as they learned uh, more about this, uh, it's easier for them to uh, to be as a to to link theory and practice. And uh, during the master degree, when they are learning uh, about nursing theories more in depth, uh, then it's quite easier for them. They have this uh, background, theoretical background, and uh, they usually say that this is something that can really work at practice and are really fond to try at, at uh, promoting and acting. In the research that we've been doing internationally, it's important to identify that not only are the cultures different, but the educational preparation is different in paper. But in when you look at the act actual training itself, they're very similar. For example, um, the 
education in Slovenia is reported to be a diploma, but it follows the European rules and regulation of Bologna, which really makes it equivalent to what you would find as a four-year degree within the United States. So when we're talking about different cultures and we are comparing different educational preparations, it's important that we not just look at the term of the degree, like diploma versus uh, degree, but rather the preparation and the rigor that goes into it. Because I have found in the 13 countries that we've studied in the last two years, there is no difference in the concepts of caring, the work environment, the practice of nursing, um, no matter how their education is um, documented uh, within their country. So I find the nurses are enculturated the same, uh, but it doesn't mean that their experience to get there is the same. It's important that nurses, it's understood that nurses are being trained for the culture and professor profession of nursing, specifically as it relates to caring science. Well, as I've said, I've contacted John during my PhD because uh, this was my topic. Um, I was working as a junior researcher first at our faculty under supervision of uh, our dean, Professor Pankihar. She is quite interested in caring science, and this is why I have also chose this topic and um, embrace it as my own research area. And when I was doing literature analysis, I have found several caring instruments, and this is John's and uh, Professor Watson's instruments were most adequate for my research because I was really uh, wa I wanted to to see whether this caring culture in terms of caring of care providers, caring of managers, and caring of co-workers uh, relates to medication administration errors, and this is why I have decided to contact him just at first to, to receive the permission to use the questionnaire bus. But he uh, was really uh, supportive about conducting such, re uh, such research. And um, we have stayed in, in touch. I reported, I reported him uh, about the results, about first at the pi about pilot, pilot results, and then afterwards also about the main research. And when I was preparing one of the articles, I have also contacted him if he would like to uh, uh, see uh, what I have prepared and make also his comments so we could improve uh, the, the manuscript. And since then, we have more or less been uh, in contact, but for last two years, I believe we are working more intensively because uh, I have submitted a small bilateral project at our Slovenian research agency. And uh, this is how we started working more formally also. We had the opportunity to invite him uh, at our faculty so we could discuss a little bit more in depth about caring science and also expand this international research at other countries like Austria, uh, Croatia, Serbia, also Russian Federation and uh, Although we are having these bilateral projects with these countries, John is helping us uh, by uh, tr in in back translating the instruments and then in uh, analysis and 
also dissemination of the results. So he's very supportive, uh, I have to say, but not only making analysis, but also to present very clearly the results to everyone involved. So, well, well, and the interesting thing too, that uh, uh, Nika, she has been working quite a lot with Turkey as well. So they have done some comparison work together and uh, working on articles. Um, so uh, Maribor University has been very involved in our international work over the last two years. Um, John, can you just talk a little bit about why your interest um, in the international work and, and what's what do you see as the primary benefits of that for learning science as a as a domain overall? Well, I think it's important to test these instruments. Well, first of all, to translate them in the, with the process that Nika and I use using back translation. And um, I'm the one that uh, helps each country do the back translation to make sure that the, the instruments that I developed are uh, truly being stated in the way that I had um, intended. So it's it's it was a very good process in all the countries that we've uh, done back translation. The other thing too is to test them psychometrically for reliability, for validity, and then to make sure that we don't have any covariance by using invariance testing. And invariance testing is also a way to see if the instruments behave the same from country to country. And we did that in this last time. This is important because we need to have a global conversation and learn from each other about how we care for our patients in each context. And we can't have that conversation unless we know the instruments we are using are actually measuring the same thing. So we know it's as they say, apples to apples and oranges to oranges instead of comparing oranges to apples. So we do know that the instruments are measuring the same thing. And this helps us then not only have an interesting conversation globally about the concepts of caring and how it relates to the work environment and things like clarity of role and system, um, but it also gives us insight into the cultures. For example, when um, Dr. Donna Cato, who is one of the authors in our chapter in the book on this international research, she did a presentation on the findings in China because she oversaw a hospital in China. And the insights that she provided that uh, of their work environment was absolutely fascinating. I would say that for absolutely every country, what we learned in Scotland that uh, the caring processes are defined differently. So it's important that we have a global conversation so we can learn about care around the world, about cultures around the world, uh, but that will not happen unless we know the instruments we have are measuring the same thing. And then the last thing I will say is having this, having tested our instruments globally, has allowed for us to develop an international benchmark. And it's not that one is better than the other, it just shows the state of caring as perceived by nurses 
globally, whether it's high or low, and then you're able to pursue a conversation about the results where really the richness comes. Because we saw that China was very high scoring in everything, but it's because the uh, efforts of the government in the hospital that we studied was extraordinary. So the, the resources put into their environment made all their scores very high. Uh, and the insight from Dr. Donna Cato about the change from a very poor resource to a very rich resource was a very interesting and informative conversation uh, just about context and culture. Well, I believe we are going to uh, expand our research, not only to research caring in relation to uh, job satisfaction, but also to other clinical outcomes like medication errors, patient falls, uh, hospital acquired infections and other uh, quality indicator, quality and safety indicator. This is what I believe is our next step. Yep, no, that, that is right. We um, First, we wanted to test the instruments to make sure that they were comparable uh, globally, and they are. So now that we know that our instruments of the work environment, we can start connecting the work environment, caring for self, caring of manager, clarity, and job satisfaction, both socially and technically, to outcomes like medication errors that uh, Nika is talking talking about. Now, what that suggests is what in the USA we would call the quadruple aim. In order to have good patient outcomes, you need to have a, an employee experience that is positive, that they're um, healthy and have resources, etc. So what I'm excited about in another um, in another way is to be able to scientifically show that the quadruple aim is true, that when the employee experience is good, the patient experience is as well, including outcomes and cost. Um, I wonder if you can talk, um, talk a little bit about how like when we came and presented all of our research and talked about the caring science, what is the... Um, what has your university's response been to our international efforts specifically as it relates to caring science? When we went there, I remember you were saying a lot of this was new to them. And um, was, was there positive response? Was it a curiosity? Was it a deeper engagement? What, what was their response to the deepening in the caring sciences, uh, especially internationally, like with Turkey and with our group when we came over? It wasn't really something, uh, something new, but uh, we were very proud to have this, as I would say, like a kickoff meeting, a start of this uh, international, international research, uh, because researching caring is our faculty uh, research area for several several years now and we have also um, some other uh, nursing theorists like professor watson uh, visiting our our faculty so this was really uh this first our this first meeting was really opportunity to to, ex to expand uh, our collaboration to to um, to meet other professionals to 
to see the experiences from other countries and actually to test something that really uh, is important to our to our faculty and not only faculty but also to practice and nika can you talk a little bit about i've, I've been so impressed with um your eastern europe uh, collaborations like Austria, Croatia, uh, Russia, um, those things. I think that's quite unique and you work with them quite intensely. Can you talk a little bit about your collaborations in the Eastern Europe area? Well, our faculty is, uh, is quite active in uh, collaborating with other countries not only to Eastern European, but also to some other from Western Europe. This is actually like an informal group that was uh, uh, started by several professors. One of them was also our Dean, Professor Pankihar, uh, like an informal group connecting different countries uh, in doing simil similar research. Uh, especially uh, focused on education area and to uh, conduct uh, joint projects to uh, uh, to share knowledge and experiences and to work actually together. Well, and what was what's been what's interesting about uh, Slovenia and Israel, some of the countries that, that we've been working with, I'm fascinated with the rigor that they have in publishing, uh, in some of the uh, standards that are actually followed. In the US, we talk about these things, but we um, aren't as aware or as disciplined in following some of the rigorous methods that they use. So um, I thought that was very interesting to work with them. And they had some processes that I had never seen in the US, as my other, um, United States colleagues said the same thing, that they were really impressed with uh, some of the different processes. So I think that's another benefit for working globally, is we can uh, learn uh, other standards uh, that are utilized in different parts of the world. Um, and we've benefited from that in the, in the international work that we have done in pursuing publications. Um, Nika and myself and a colleague from Israel uh, Dr. Michal Itzaki um, from Tel Aviv. Uh, the three of us have worked very well together in um, sort of sharing our resources from our respective organizations, and it advances the work um, for all of us. So that's that's been another really good benefit for our international collaborations, not only learning, but uh, using each other's resources uh, that everybody benefits. So one of the things that we are excited about to be um, launching in the next few weeks, we have our next international meeting uh, on the 22nd and 23rd of this month, is the uh, Caring.Science domain. And specifically, it's for our organization, the Caring Science International Collaborative, uh, and the acronym is CSIC. And it's actually a um, doing business as or subsidiary uh, within healthcare environment, but it is a collaborative of many countries that have been working on this 
research and it will be sort of the home of where we're able to house our international database where we will um, uh, secure different resources etc but we're having our next meeting where we're going to be talking about like nick had stated uh, how we're going to move forward in connecting these caring science concepts as reported by the staff and connecting that to the patient outcomes. So using predictive analytics and uh, different forecasting uh, methodologies and mathematics to really integrate the concepts of caring in outcomes uh, and safety as it relates to patient care. So we're really excited about that. Well, thanks for listening to us uh, during this time. And I'm so grateful for my colleague, Nika, who is a wonderful professional and a good friend and really dedicated to this work. Uh, I certainly couldn't do this alone. It really is a collaborative. So the work we present really does uh, represent many people uh, in our um, Caring Science Collaborative. But I do want to say thank you for listening and thank you to my colleague Nika for sharing her time with us. Thank you for listening and I would also thank John for taking me on this journey in researching caring and also I have learned a lot about uh, not only about caring but also about statistics uh, during our uh, collaboration and I really feel this is a great opportunity to uh, to join the knowledge and uh, share the experiences, expertise, and uh, really start a strong uh, uh, formal and informal collaboration in caring science. And this is something that I'm very proud of.